Oh my gosh, welcome. I'm so glad that uh so glad that you're here today. We got a great program for you. Right, Stu? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's almost like you don't know if no, we have a good show or not. Sorry, I'm trying to put together this uh, I know. It, there's so much going on. I, I know, that's the problem. We get in here. I mean, I get in here at 6, you know, 6:30 every single morning and there's so much to go through. Uh, that I just don't even know where to start. We have Maxine Waters. It's delicious. Uh, we have another story that came out yesterday that is, I mean, I think it's extra delicious. We also have this Richard Jewell thing, an apology from a CNN reporter to Richard Jewell. You know, now that he's dead. Um, and I think what did Richard Jewell say in response? He say thank you. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even say thank you, did he? Typical. Tip, you know, he probably was guilty. Let's have a new new round of stories. Richard Jewell did it. Dot com. Join me there. Subscribe. <laughs> Here's what Richard Jewell said. All right, the program is coming up next. We are so excited to have uh, Greta Thunberg joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, we would never have her on. Uh, we, we do have a couple of stories that I think are of great interest. Uh, of course, you know, everybody who believes that the Democrats are a little shady are conspiracy theorists. However, they continue to say conspiracies on CNN and then just call them opinions. It's amazing to me. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Holidays are a season of giving, unless, of course, you're a cyber criminal, and then... It's a season of taking. While you're focusing on finding the perfect gift online, the cyber criminal is finding out ways to take what's yours while you do it. If you're connected to an unsecured Wi-Fi, it is, it, which has really become part of our daily lives, cyber threats are constantly evolving and it will hit you. This is why you need multiple layers of protection and the ever-changing threats to your connected devices and online privacy. They're not going to block themselves. What you need is Norton 360, a membership to Norton 360. It provides multiple layers of protection with a VPN, device security, and a password manager. Norton Secure VPN lets you browse anonymously and securely with a no-log VPN and bank-grade encryption. And it will help keep the information you send and receive, like logins and passwords, secure in private. This holiday season, give yourself the best online defense. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but new Norton 360, a powerful ally for your cyber safety during the holidays and beyond. Give the gift of up to 50% off annual subscription on your first year at Norton.com slash Beck. Terms and conditions do apply. Very excited. Tomorrow I'm uh, going to a Turning Point USA, uh, their big uh, event in Florida. Uh, and I'm, I'm giving the, uh, I think Charlie Kirk is giving the opening 
uh, talk, and then I'm giving the, uh, the keynote talk right after that. I'm I mean, you're excited. Imagine how excited they are. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm not sure that they are that excited. Uh, is that what you were saying, uh, Stu? Not I, at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, could we just go through just a little bit of Maxine Waters? Because she brought up a very good point uh, last night. Really? Yeah, on CNN. Could we play the Maxine Waters on CNN from last night? Because I believe, even though I don't have the facts to prove it, Mm -hmm. I believe that Putin wanted to lift the sanctions. He's always wanted to lift these sanctions that were placed on him because of his um, interfering with an uh, incursion into Crimea. And so I believe that they wanted to elect President Trump. And Trump, I believe, agreed, I will always believe this, that he agreed that if he got elected, he would lift those sanctions. He would like to do it. He's not been able to do it. Now, you notice there's no interruption at all from the CNN anchor. Like, wait, you started this with you don't have any evidence of this. (laughs) (laughs) This is is called a conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy theory. And they are constantly saying conspiracy theory from the left or from the right, conspiracy theory from the right. All of the theories about Russia, everything we now know, if you watched last night's TV show, it's insane. When I broke down what the IG actually said and showed you the origins of the uh, Russia investigation, it's all based on a democratic conspiracy theory. All of it. There was no reason to to start this investigation. It was all based on people like Maxine Waters going, I have no evidence of this, but I know this is what happened. It's amazing they let that go. I and mean, one of the things, the standard operating procedure now with cable news networks is to use the phrase without evidence when it comes to things that Donald Trump says. So will yeah. say, uh, Donald Trump, uh, without evidence, said that the media is opposed to him or whatever mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they just throw it out there. Like, it's just this thing that he basically made up, mm-hmm. rather than the fact that he didn't maybe go through and list all the evidence, but don't we all kind of see that the media <laughs> right, is kind of against right. him, right? And so The only ones who can't see that, the, the media. media. And I think they do see it, by yeah. the way. Uh, they just don't like to say it. Uh, but, it, you know, that is, uh, that's something they point out all the time yeah. against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But Maxine Waters can come in and tell you that she has no evidence. <laughs> I and have absolutely say- no evidence. Uh, of this whatsoever but i will always believe Stu is a mass murderer <laughs> it was on this program yesterday and he still yeah. has not answered and mm-hmm. he it is not proven to be untrue yet i kind of wanted to i like the little dangerous mysterious vibe so i'm gonna stick with it <laughs> people like the serial killers they right. get all sorts of letters in jail oh i know They're, the women love them you'll get a series yeah. oh you'll yeah be famous oh I'll be, i gotta get the netflix be, true crime series be, i've got be, all sorts of stuff i can make appearances huge yeah, huge um, I'm more, you know, because I'm fascinated at the the exp- explanations of these things because mm-hmm. we've brought up a lot of a lot of evidence mm-hmm. about, for example, Hunter Biden mm-hmm. and all the things that happened with him in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and we're told that that's a conspiracy theory when we bring up evidence. <laughs> right. But when we bring right. up the evidence, there is a there there are actually wire transfer records of money. Going to offshore accounts mm-hmm. for Hunter Biden. There's there's actual records of that. Nah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that, this story from the New Yorker, which made some news yesterday, mm-hmm. um, largely because of one quote from Rudy Giuliani, 
who said when he wanted to get these investigations of Burisma going in Ukraine, the former ambassador, Yovanovitch, uh, was in the way, and, and the quote was something like, uh, we needed to get her out of the way or we couldn't get these investigations done. So that has been spun in the media as if Giuliani was saying, well, she was a truth teller, and we wanted to lie, and so she was in the way, so we I had to remove that. her. I love that. And I it's like, that. that's not what he was saying. He was saying she was blocking... She was blocking the travel uh, visas for for the people that Giuliani was trying to interview, and she was blocking them. And we have evidence that she was blocking. It's admitted. She's right. they admit it. I mean, <laughs> you know, she says, "Well, you know, well, we didn't think that they were they should be here. They were, you know, involved in we, what we thought was corruption, and they should, we shouldn't invite them to the United mm-hmm. States." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, okay, but uh, that was Giuliani's point, and she perjured herself mm-hmm. because she said they never did that. They never blocked anybody from coming in. And it says here, at least in the New Yorker article, now they seem to be admitting it, mm-hmm. um, which is no surprise. But yeah. listen, there's two pieces of explanation for okay. these controversies right. from them, which I found to be fascinating. One of which, okay. and I've watched your specials, I've never heard before. Really? I have uncovered new information. New information. That you didn't have in your really? specials. I don't know if this is worth it. Now, do you have or evidence not. or did you get this from Maxine Water? Uh, no, it's not. It's better okay. evidence than that. It's coming okay. direct from all the right. source. Okay. Okay, all so right. first all of all, you have to understand that this is their explanation for the issues that went around with Hunter Biden. Why, w- why was this even allowed by Joe Biden? Now, this part you may have heard before, but I found it fascinating to, to hear it crystallized in this way. A hunter who has long struggled with severe drug and alcohol problems had almost no expertise in the region or in energy, and many U.S. and Ukrainian officials suspected that the uh, co-founder of Burisma had put Hunter on the board in the hope of protecting himself from prosecution. <laughs> Again, this is their defense. <laughs> this is their theory? <laughs> their theory. They're way out on a limb here. Some White House and State Department officials disapproved of Hunter's role at Burisma. No, no, no. They never said anything about it. Nobody ever brought anything up. And even there was not even a hint of impropriety. Right. I know. It's so weird. They were concerned about the appearance of a conflict of interest. Huh. The appearance. Of it. The appearance. Um, but Which is mo- a violation. The only violation, really, is the appearance Right. The government ethics code specifically says you cannot allow yourself to be entered into a situation in which the appearance of corruption is possible, especially when dealing Mm -hmm. with things uh, Mm -hmm. overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, But they mostly avoided uh, avoided discussing the matter with Joe Biden. The vice president had a now think about this. This is a guy who wants to run the free world. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. Yeah. The vice president had an unwritten don't ask, don't tell policy when it came to his family members business decisions. Now. That is Wait. not. That is completely unacceptable from a president of the United States. We, I might have some problems. I to say it's pretty unacceptable, honestly, from any father right. in the United States. Yeah, right. You know, Michael, <laughs> I'm just saying, you and Fredo go out, do whatever you want. No ask, no tell. Right. All right. I'm not going to ask you anything about it. That's what mob families do. Right. That's not what normal families do. Normal families sit down and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're doing what? Remember, no, don't, don't, don't do that. Remember, Biden's supposed to be the guy rooting out corruption all over the world. Right. But he won't even ask 
let alone, you know, if he gets asked and gets lied to and maybe he was manipulated and it was a mistake, he's specifically not asking because he doesn't want to know, right? Like if your kid comes home uh, and uh, they're, you know, they're, they've been gone for three days and they come home and they got white powder all over their face. Don't ask. Hey, don't ask. Uh, you might want to wash your face. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on And there. especially when you are the vice president of the United States mm-hmm. and your son is a drug addict. Yeah, You're, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way. I'm just stating the truth. He is an out of control drug addict mm-hmm. who is going to destroy himself and the whole family. You don't ask him about his business. Look, we all have uh, we all uh, have our issues. Hunter seems to have more of them yes. than most. Yes, and it, it, certainly with his history and his uh, problems with addiction, is completely incapable of drawing these lines successfully. That is not something that Hunter Biden is able to do. Clearly, the man, you know, look at what's just happened in Arkansas, where he is, his dad is in the middle of a presidential campaign and now has a new grandchild from a stripper who who was impregnated while he was dating the widow of his other son. His other brother, yeah, his brother. Of, 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 yeah, of, Joe, Biden's. of Joe Biden's other son. Yeah. This is not someone who's capable of making these decisions in a reliable way. To implement a don't ask, don't tell policy for him is completely irresponsible, not by Hunter Biden, because we know but that's Joe, irresponsible, but, but by Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, their defense I mean, if, is he's completely irresponsible. If you can have any sympathy, you can have sympathy in some ways for Hunter. He's got a massive problem, and he's massive problem. You know, and he doesn't seem to be successfully dealing with it. Right, uh, and a lot of people can't successfully deal with it. You know, so you get into this this world. It's a, I'm sure it's impossible with the inertia of drugs and such to get out of it, and and you feel bad for him. However, when you're the president, you're going to be the president of the United States. You're the vice president of the United States, and your defense as to why you didn't see this coming was you didn't ask about it. Because you thought, because because no one wanted to have a situation in which he had to have the truth. He actually physically avoided intentionally the truth. Do you know why? It's because it's not his money. I, I th- listen. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Imagine that it's Joe Biden Industries instead of the United States yeah. of America. Yeah. Okay, and he's the board on the board of directors of Joe Biden Industries. He's very high up. It's got his name on it. Sure, and he's responsible. And Joe Biden Industries goes out of business if they find out that there's any monkey business going on. So he appoints his son to be, let's say, the chief business development guy. And he's just making deals, but some of the deals he makes for him and other deals he makes for the company. Mm-hmm. Do you think the CEO, the chairman of the board, or Joe Biden wouldn't say to his, com- to his son, wait a minute, wait a minute, what is that deal over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mine, Dad. Yeah, but that deal looks like you're playing it against the company. So I got to know what that deal is because, son, we're all out of business. Yeah, you're right. He would do was, that if it was his money. If they were running a bakery, yes, he would ask every question. But about it's it. not his money. It's not. It's yeah. our money. It's our money and our reputation. So there's nothing for him to lose. He doesn't lose anything, and he is so arrogant because look at what they're getting away with. They have the cover of the press. They are on the right side of history, so they think they can get away with anything. 
I mean, how Hillary Clinton can go travel the country right now and say, oh, you know what? In this country, no one is above the law. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to hemorrhage from my eyes. I could bleed to death in half a minute just from the blood shooting out of my eyes after hearing that. Now, this is just their explanation for this. However, it's not the new breaking information. Oh, it's not? No, this is not why Hunter took the role. Okay. There's more. Oh, there's a big one. Okay. All right. Hang on just a second. Let's catch our breath for one minute and then Mm. come right back to why Hunter took the job. It's got to be good. You know who doesn't take the weekend off? Hackers. And they're using what is known as social engineering to try to obtain information about you through phishing scams, literally a way to gain access to your bank account. In a recent example, seemingly legitimate phone calls from banks turned out to be a scam, which resulted in millions of dollars being stolen. Last year alone, 26,000 people reported being a victim of some sort of phishing scam. Uh, My son-in-law just was part of a phishing scam. Uh, he looks down at a phone and it says Apple and he picks it up mm, and the same one you had the same one with Apple. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, hi, we're from Apple and there's a problem. All of your files are being deleted in the cloud. We need you to get online right now, uh, and help us. And so the guy from Apple just said, what is your passcode or whatever? <laughs> All of a sudden he's online and you can see the the mouse going around, and he's like, we got to delete this, we got to delete this. Now can you give me? And by that time, my son-in-law was like, wait a minute. And he hung up the phone and disconnected and called Apple right away. And they said, first of all, we never call you. Right. You call us. Yes. We never call you. Um, but that's how, I mean, he was like, but it said Apple. Yeah, on on the iPhone. Yeah, it says the word Apple, Apple. and it's you know it looks totally legitimate. Now, yep. I I just never answer the phone, so yeah, I don't. I didn't. Yeah, don't. No. So it's important to understand how cybercrime is working and somebody's identity and their stuff stolen every two seconds. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BACK. That's promo code BACK at LifeLock.com for up to 25% off. LifeLock.com, promo code BACK. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. I see I can't wait. (laughs) You wouldn't even tell me off the air. No. Stu has been waiting for this for for about an hour. Oh, yeah. The Uh, whole morning. Yeah. He's been waiting. He's been like, I won't tell you. I got to wait until we're on the air because you're going to love this. Well, you've been breaking so much news on this Ukraine thing. I'm glad to have something to break to you. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Now... Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. He's about to, he gets this offer from Burisma, this yes. very shady gas company yes. uh, over has, in Ukraine. And he has no experience with gas. No experience with doesn't, the language. Doesn't, doesn't know the speak country. speak the language, right. His, his dad happens to be vice president of the United States. And doing gas uh, investigations. Yeah, of, and, and yeah. granting money to gas companies. Now that, if you're Hunter Biden, uh-huh. Kendall Roy from Succession, mm-hmm. you might have a moment... <laughs> A moment yeah. of hesitation there, right? Because mm-hmm. you're yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. why why do they want me to do this job? And they're going right. to pay me all this money? This seems a little suspicious. It seems a little right? out of the blue. Exactly. But hey, Dad, 
when I was all coked up last night, right. I was thinking, I could do that, I could do that, I could do that. I'm a gas. I, I, I could learn the language. I, I mean, who, who, who would pass on me? Right, right. So maybe you get, but you maybe you have a moment of sus- of suspicion, <laughs> right? And you're worried maybe about your dad's uh, political future sure. and his reputation, sure, right? Sure. Now he goes through a little of this uh, hesitation. As he's making this decision, do I take this job with Burisma? <laughs> and, you know, he gets the back and forth about, oh, we're serious about transparency and all the stuff you'd mm-hmm. expect to get sure. from a new employer. But sure. he's still skeptical because he's, he, I mean, you'd be skeptical of the situation. Sure. But then it happens. You start doing your own research, right? Mm, okay. You start looking into this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is a quote from the New Yorker article. All right. Hunter felt reassured. On a more personal level, after doing some of his own research, he read that the co-founder of Burisma had championed efforts to ensure that bears held in captivity in Ukraine were treated more humanely, mm-hmm. opposing a long-standing practice of housing bears mm-hmm. in open pits. <laughs> They are trying to make the case that Hunter <laughs> Biden took the job at Burisma because he was worried about bears in captivity, that they were being held in open pits. And this guy at Burisma was like, no more bears in pits. Come on board, Hunter. <laughs> you know, I thought I might be in bed with a bad guy, but then I found out. He's against bears and pits. I'm against bears and pits. <laughs> we came together. It was on my Match.com profile. No bears and pits. It was and the one did. thing. I had been praying and praying and praying. How do I know what's true? How do I know who hmm. I can trust? No bears in pits. And then I thought to myself, that doesn't make any sense. But when I started doing my research, I saw... He doesn't want bears in pits. It was meant to be. It certainly wasn't the $80,000 a month. It was we didn't want bears to be left in pits. We wanted them roaming free and probably murdering Ukrainians all over the country. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What the hell does it have to do with him? I don't know. I I I I don't know. I don't speak the language. I'm not qualified for the job. This just might be a scam. No, No. they love me. I mean, the way it's presented is legitimately like, well, you know what? I, it sounded bad, but then he seemed nice because of the bear thing, so I took the job. He said, what are you... What? Vladimir Putin pets leopards. <laughs> and I, got, I mean, I've never been to Ukraine, but, like, am I going to walk by and there's going to be big pits of bears everywhere? Like, what <laughs> the hell? I tell you, this is the worst. <laughs> Ukraine, after what the Democrats have done to them... Will have a tourist uh, rating of zero. Right. No one will want to go. It's just nuclear waste, <laughs> corruption, and bears in pits. Oh man! I mean, uh, you, you you thought they got far down the list of bizarre explanations, <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, bears in pits. pits. We always have that one." <laughs> Oh my gosh. I want to remind you that Simply Safe has a huge holiday offer going on right now, biggest sale of the year. Uh, if you're looking to fully protect your home with award-winning 24-7 home security, now is the time to do it. We all know that burglaries on the rise during a holiday season. People are traveling. The people start to, you know, come in, but now Simply Safe, they have the Smart Lock Video Doorbell Pro that'll defend your front door, a whole army of sensors and cameras guard every window, door, room in your house. And if there is a break in, 
they'll give real-time confirmation to police as it happens. So police respond three point uh, three and a half times faster. And if they start to get away, Simply Safe is thinking about offering bears and pits. No surprises. It's Simply Safe. <laughs> They've won the CNET and PC Magazine Editor's Choice Award. And even Hunter Biden says, well, now that I've heard the bear thing, they must be pretty nice. SimplySafeBeck.com. Take advantage now of 25% off and a free HD security camera. It's for a limited time only. It's ending soon. So hurry. 25% off and a free HD security camera. Biggest sale of the year at SimplySafeBeck.com. Bears and pits not included. Do you want to stop bears from being uh, stored in pits and you want to donate $20? Here's a great way to do it. BlazeTV.com. Glenn, 20 off. We'll save we you 20 bucks. We don't want the bears in the pits. Hello and welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you're here. I can't believe Christmas is Christmas next week. It's like yes, Tuesday. Eight days away. We're eight days wow. away. That is craziness. Mm-hmm. Cra- this year has flown by. Oh, man. Welcome to the uh, program, Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts and uh, listen to his program. Very funny, very informative, very Pat. Um <laughs> We have uh, we have some new information. Stu has some breaking news. Mm-hmm. This came from I want to say uh, Van- Vanity Fair, New Yorker. New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, you know what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, New Yorker has just released information. Now, if 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 Stu and I were to ask you, Pat, mm-hmm. why did Hunter Biden take the job with Burisma? Because he was skeptical, mm-hmm. apparently, to the New Yorker. He was uh, uh, skeptical that this job was on the up and up so yeah. what convinced him take the job uh money no dollars no. a month no no, no. no. that had nothing to do with no. come on that's stupid right what convinced <laughs> him answer. what convinced him uh, i um uh, he wanted to help the ukraine oh uh, well well no, no he's okay. kind of close now listen okay. to this All listen right. to this hunter felt reassured on a more personal level after doing some of his own research he read that the co-founder of burisma had championed efforts to ensure that bears held in captivity in Ukraine were treated more humanely, <laughs> opposing a long-standing practice mm, of housing bears in open pits. So he did some research, <laughs> and he's online, and he's like, Oh, the guy doesn't want bears in pits. Oh, I don't want bears in pits. He doesn't want bears in pits. I think I'll go work there. Yeah, that's, right. Wow. Nothing so, to do with the money. No. Uh, so, uh, just the producers in the other room. <laughs> I want you to reach out, Sarah. I want you to reach out, and I'm serious to Hunter Biden. Uh, I know he's been skeptical of coming on the program. He hasn't wanted to do any interviews, but just tell him that yes, he's skeptical. But Glenn Beck doesn't want bears in pits either. <laughs> so he's totally safe to come on. We should he should be on tomorrow. He should be on tomorrow. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Well, we look at any- all you have in common with him. Yeah, yeah, we have bears in pits. We neither of us want bears in Do you know anyone who's like, yeah, I'd like a bear in a pit? Mm. 
apparently everyone else in Ukraine wants yeah. bears and pits. But well, I mean, now see, we are, we're not with that culture. I was going to say Eskimos. They might want bears in pits. Yeah, when you're about to get ripped to open <laughs> yeah. uh, by a bear, you want the bear in a pit. But other than that, you don't <laughs> want bears in pits. You know, in theory, mm-hmm. none of us want bears in pits. In theory. In theory. Yeah. In theory. I've but if, if only we could live in a world like that, oh. where you don't have bears in pits. <laughs> and if only we, we, we do live you in know. a world like that. We I do? Yeah, we do. There's not we bears do. in pits? Yeah, and I don't know how many times <laughs> I have tossed and turned and tossed thing. and turned and thought to myself, man, I could have such a great job in the Ukraine if it wasn't for the, the bears fact, in pits. The yeah. fact that yeah. they keep bears in pits. <laughs> who, do you, who even knows that? Remember when we wanted to go to Kiev in yeah. 1992 yeah. and do that morning show? Yeah, but yeah. we couldn't. No, because the guy who ran the radio station he at wanted the time, bears in pits. He was like one of the leaders. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I run the club. Uh-huh. More bears in pits. <laughs> Would you work for someone who is neutral on bears? And no, pits? no, I don't think I, so. No, I no, only want people no. who oppose it. Yeah, not pro bears and pits or neutral. <laughs> You must be anti-bears and pits. If I walk into somebody's office today and they don't look up at me and just go, geez, Glenn, have you heard about the the travesty that's going on? Yeah. The bears and pits problem? I don't even want to be in their office today. I picture this being like they all got together at some vacation house and they all said, okay, Joe, Joe's like, I'm running for president here. And we know this this Burisma stuff's going to come up. We need every single excuse possible that we might have uh, to get through this because it's going to be a firestorm. So every the whole family, all the advisors, put in slips of paper, post-it notes with all their excuses. They've now gone through the entire giant bag of excuses, and the last one at the very bottom was, I mean, bears the guy opposed pits. bears and pits. That's and they why were all laughing. About a year or two ago, they were all laughing, going, we'll never get to the bears and pits thing. I mean, we've only got that one. And Hunter was like, nah, I, 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 I really mean it. Bears and pits is just bad. I don't I, I, I really think... I love this man. <laughs> I, I love him so much because no, there's not a single. He didn't want a single bear in a pit, even the bad bears. Even the bears who was like, he's in fact he he doesn't even like depressed bears. Bears in the pits like that. Like I'm down in the dumps. like a pit of despair. I'm in the pit of despair. Yeah. I did I, Prozac for bears and and ladders. Forever, for, uh, for every bear. <laughs> They're at the point, like when you're you're leaving, you know, the McDonald's drive-through, and you're just digging through for that last fry that fell yeah. out, and they just pull it up, and it just says "bears and pits," and they're like, "All right, <laughs> let's go with it." The New Yorker's here. What else are we gonna say? It's but bears you know and what? pits time. But if you're looking at that as a uh, McDonald's French fry, when you find that last one, it is like gold. You're like, ah. Oh. Uh. Oh, the last French fry. So they may, in the, in the Biden family, it. be going, oh, the Baron Pitts thing we completely <laughs> forgot about. It. We, we didn't have to want to, we didn't want to play this card. But here we are. It's Bears and Pits time. <laughs> I mean, can you believe this is what they're trying? Oh, my gosh. Yes. This whole and thing this is what they get away Bears with. and Pits. They get away with it. Because they have the media to cover for them. Yes. Because the media, yes. can you imagine, can you imagine if I said, look, the reason why I thought that Barack Obama was a racist is because he's never spoken out about bears and pits. <laughs> 
No, I don't think they would have. <laughs> I don't think they would have. I don't think they, they would have. I could have said that about anything <laughs> about bears and pits. They would never. I could be a. I, I could be a bearologist, mm-hmm. and they would still say that's a ridiculous, yes, ridiculous mm-hmm. excuse. I didn't realize it was such a sign of virtue, though. I, I think we should make T-shirts. I oppose bears and pits. <laughs> And see, no, I, I, I want T-shirts. I'm for bears and pits. I want a T-shirt <laughs> with just a pit in it and a sad little bear in the bottom of it looking up. <laughs> it's like the international sign, we will not uh, hire Hunter Biden. Yeah. It's just you put a sticker on your door. Don't yeah. apply. Hunter Biden need not apply. Yeah. We, we support bears and pits. Can we get a T-shirt? I want a T-shirt. Write this down. I want a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. With like a bear that looks kind of like Baby Yoda with the big eyes down in the bottom of a pit. Hunter <laughs> Biden need not apply. <laughs> Speaking of Baby Yoda, yeah, are you still loving the Mandalorian? You still like it? Okay, are you watching it? Are you watching it? Yes. Okay, so uh, it just—it's right. my amazing week... tolerance for Star Wars. It is. It is. After I've, told, I've said is. this it's before, after 1983, it. they gave me eight crappy movies. I hated them all. And and a series now that's just kind of so-so, and I'm okay. still eagerly right. anticipating every <laughs> okay. episode. So I like the <laughs> fact that I like the fact that I'm watching it basically for Baby Yoda. I like the fact that Me Baby too. Yoda <laughs> continues to try to make things levitate. I I love that. <laughs> yes, um, I think and may or may not be able to. They're right. I guess it's so great. It's so great. I love that. that I keep waiting however, for him to say, "Judge me by my size." Do you? <laughs> yeah. He never does. Yeah. He, well, he's saying. So I'm really watching it at this point for Baby Yoda. However. The last episode last week I thought was good, mm-hmm. and I say okay. it, I have to say it like that. It's it was good. good. Yes. The last two episodes before that, I'm kind of like, okay, all right, I need something. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, mm-hmm. what are we doing? First of all, take the tracker out of Baby Yoda. I don't care what you have to do. Yeah. You've got to have some scan that can show. Can make yes. Baby Yoda go, stop going beep 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 beep. I'm mean, stop. Yes. Take the tracker out of him. Um. And because uh, they know that it's in there. And if it's in his blanket, get him a new blanket, whatever it is. <laughs> stop with the tracker thing. And I also need to see like an advance of the storyline right now. It's just like yeah. it's yeah. like one of those old shows. Like, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. It's if like it, Gunsmoke or something. No, because they weren't well, really kinda. connected. They weren't really right? connected. Yeah, they weren't really connected. They, yeah. A new guy would ride into town. They'd be like, oh, yes. well, there's going to be trouble. And it was never connected to the next episode. Mm-hmm. And that's These kind are of the, all pretty standalone. And I hate it. Like, yeah. uh, like Law and Order is like that. Right, right. You have the same main characters, but like, there's just a new trial that yeah, they're investigating. Yeah, except those ones seem to have progression of the characters. You're watching right. for the characters and their interaction with people. He has no interaction with the same people, and he's in a mask, so you can't like oh, look at his mm-hmm. eyes. He's kind of shifty there. <laughs> right. No. There's, right. There's nothing. Yeah. And he see he continues to go to bars and sit down, but he can't drink because he can never open his mask. Yeah, he can't eat or drink or go to the bathroom, as we far don't. as I could tell. Because <laughs> he can't take off any of his uniform. These are and, really high reviews. Here. I've not started watching it yet. I kind of yeah. plan to, but I don't know. Maybe I don't. Yeah, well, we're not. We're we're kind of on the fence. If, yeah, uh, that's I, where I am. I'm kind of on the I fence. I'm like the everyone. But it's Star Wars, so it keeps pulling me along. Just yeah. like this Friday thing, I'm looking forward to going to the new movie, even though I haven't liked the last eight. 
I mean, <laughs> that's how much goodwill they built up with the first three. I, I'll do anything for it, I guess, uh, in perpetuity for Star Wars just because of the first three. It's so strange. It's kind of ridiculous. It if is. they continue to do bad... Uh, I mean, look, let's be honest. Disney hit a grand slam with Baby Yoda. But yep. they can only milk Baby Yoda for so long. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know he's 50, so it's going to be a long time <laughs> before he grows out of being cute, before he gets to that uh-huh. that Urkel that is like, okay, is you really have to stop. He's 50. What? Where'd you get that? He's 50? All I'm... throughout it. For the first two episodes, they were. They, they said he was 50? He's 50 years old. He's I 50. I missed the fact that he was 50. Yeah, he's 50. I had no idea. Yeah. He's 50. 50? He's 50. What? Yeah. Well, remember, he's like, what, 900 years old? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's crazy. He's 50, and he's still... <laughs> Which, the whole point is, he's supposed to be, like, super smart and everything. It took him 50 years yeah. to speak. I mean, that's not... Uh, I know, that's pretty processing pathetic. A lot. Uh, but he seems to know who the good guys and bad guys are. Yeah, he's that. got a sixth sense. <laughs> he yeah. does a Sith sense. Ah. He's 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 got this uh-huh. he's got this baby Yoda radar thing. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> One of my favorites is when he's trying to heal the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian is just like like angry with him. Did you see that? Yeah, where he's like sitting by the fire and he's got a scratch on his arm or you know a cut on his arm, and baby mm-hmm. Yoda somehow or another getting out of that floating crib like. <laughs> And you don't see it. And he's standing right at the feet of the Mandalorian with his finger like, I'm going to heal you. And the Mandalorian looks down at him like, oh, jeez. Puts him back in the crib, continues to put a bandage on his wound. All of a sudden, Yoda's at the feet again. I'm going to heal you. Man, stay in the crib. It's fantastic. (sighs) What about baby Yoda in a pit? Is that okay with Hunter, Hunter Biden? Biden would be would definitely go work for yeah. that company. Yeah, George Lucas in a pit. I dig the pit because <laughs> then you get no more. <laughs> you get no George more Lucas involvement. Movies. Okay, all right, Stu. Uh, so uh, you know what's uh, right right around the corner? Christmas. Only one week left for the Chamonix Christmas and holiday sale. Time is running out on Chamonix's best promotion of the year, and you're not going to want to miss on this because if you have got either double gin or a turkey neck going on. You want to get rid of that before the relatives arrive? Uh, well, GenuCell's breakthrough jawline treatment with MDL technology can do that for you. From now till Christmas, you get the classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness, absolutely free as well. And GenuCell's immediate effects for results in just 12 hours. And you might say, well, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to buy it. Just go and just get 100% guaranteed or your money back. So you don't have to take any risk here. Uh, your order for today uh, is uh, going along with a really cool program they have partnering with Women Rising. It's going to give you the exact package that you get to a woman seeking support and assistance from domestic violence. So give them a call, 800-577-8709, 800-577-8709, or GenuCell.com. Uh, your order uh, also includes uh, GenuCell's anti-wrinkle treatment and will be upgraded for priority shipping for free. Order now, and you get a surprise luxury stocking stuffer as well. They're going to give you like 5,000 things with this order. Be happy about it. 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Are you going to uh, Star Wars this weekend? I am going uh, Thursday night. Are you really? Yes. I haven't gotten my tickets yet. I bought them a long time ago. For some reason, I bought them like the yeah. day they came out. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, I don't quite agree with Pat's analysis of the series. Like, I don't think they've all been bad since the first couple. Uh, I think no. there's been some good ones. There's been some good ones. But it is. There's, everybody's doing a power ranking. I'll do, we should do our power ranking at some point. Yeah. We have time to do it now? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple minutes. Uh, Two minutes. Uh, so if you look at all of them and you include the old ones and the new ones. And the spinoffs. And the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. There's so 10 movies total number one, number one, tell me where you disagree. Number one, New Hope. I go number one, Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Number two, I might, you know what? I, I might switch that. Yeah. Because I was, number two was Empire Strikes Back. And I had New Hope number two. I mean, yeah. Most people are going to be there. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, number three, Return of the Jedi. I do, I do disagree with this one. I'm okay. with most people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, where do you put Return of the Jedi? Way down? I put it, uh, f- what do you have six? as number three? Force Awakens, which okay. I know a lot of people don't like, but I so, like that one. No, I have that as number four. Fourth okay. Awakens, then number five, Rogue One. And I had that four, so we're not okay. far off. Yeah, here. number six is Solo. Uh, wait, wait, aren't you at number five? Oh, uh, number five is Rogue One. Rogue One, okay. Okay, number six is Solo. I had that at eight. Uh, number seven is The Last Jedi. See, I had that one, like, I was going back and forth between last and second to last. I did oh, not like no, that no, that no, no, no. I'm at seven. Mm. Number eight is Attack of the Clones. Number nine, the, because of Jar Jar Binks is still in it. Number nine is Revenge of the Sith. And number ten is Phantom Menace. I mean, those, those first three have to be, they have to be last. Yeah, I probably, I guess I probably put Phantom Menace last. Though, I, Last Jedi, I, when I watch it, I, I watched it recently again. And it was like, not, I'm like, this isn't that bad, except for a couple of really bad moments. Uh, but I just, it just feels like not even a Star Wars movie. But so you I, just have to remember, that's yeah. number seven. It's just barely beating out Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the <laughs> Sith, and Phantom Menace. I mean, it comes a point where it's like, yeah, it's all kind of trash after this. Yeah, yeah. It's about, so. I, they're about 50-50, I think, on like movies I actually liked. Which is not yeah. a great ratio for like the biggest franchise of all time. No, and one you're so loyal to that it opens up and you're like, of course I have opening day tickets. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Thank you so much. All right, here we go. Empire 1, New Hope 2. Force Awakens 3, which is controversial. Rogue One 4, Attack of the Clones 5, Return of the Jedi 6. That's going to piss people off. Revenge of the Sith 7, Solo 8, Phantom Menace 9, Last Jedi 10. The more I talk about Last Jedi, the worse it gets in my head. When I was watching it, it wasn't as the horrific. Last Jedi number 10? Yeah, I think it's 10. Over Metachlorian? I'm giving Phantom Jar Menace Jar the nod. Jar Binks but- and... Trade talk? I think if I watched him again, I might switch those two. I went back and forth. But you know why? Because I, I, I think Phantom Menace is a bad Star Wars movie. Last Jedi is not a Star Wars movie. Like, it's just like, it's not part of it. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't have the, the characters are all doing things they never did before. Like, Luke is all of a sudden a completely different person doing all different things. They've got like a telephone service set up, like long distance like uh, dial down the middle 10 10 220 <laughs> right, right. and then they're just like the case. They're t- I mean well, it's let just me ask weird. You this. Let me ask you this. Is this the one cuz you may you may have me at hello here. Is this the one where she's sucked out of the window and then comes back to life? 
Yes, yes. Oh, That's horrific. You may, you may be right. <laughs> of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Can 20 U.S. senators withstand the potentially irresistible temptation to reverse the results of the 2016 election and remove a president a number of them openly or privately dislike? Is a trap being set for Trump in the Senate trial? It's a trap! An interesting perspective from uh, Douglas McKinnon. He joins us in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, then. Uh, the USCCA, the United States Sealed uh, Concealed Carry Permit uh, organization, uh, they are giving away $1,000 for, for, for free for 19 lucky winners. All you have to do is just text the word back to the number 87222. Now, this is the last time this is going to happen. It ends this Friday, December 20th. So don't miss your chance to win $1,000. Text the word back to the number 87222. It's the United States Concealed Carry Association, the USCCA. They provide life-saving education, training, and legal protection to now over 300,000 law-abiding Americans every single year. They want to introduce themselves to you, and the best way to introduce is, you know, giving you a shot at $1,000. It ends this Friday, and it's the last time it's going to happen. So do it now. Text the word BECK to the number 87222. Final chance to win $1,000. B-E-C-K to the number 87222. For more information or rules, go to protectanddefend.com. Standard message and data rates may apply. Douglas McKinnon uh, rode on the hill this weekend is a potential trap being set by seemingly loyal Republican senators. I don't even know what loyal Republican senators mean anymore. Uh, Douglas McKinnon joins us now. Hello, Doug. How are you? Glenn, thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, not a problem. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. It, 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 tell me the theory here. Well, the theory is, I think, as we have talked about in the past, I had the high honor to work for President Reagan in the White House as well as Bush won. And I think this White House, as good as they are, and I'm a supporter of the president, I think Trump is the best president since President Reagan. That said, I do believe the president and the West Wing are putting way too much faith in the Senate. And it's one of these things where I talked to two one senior staffer and a former senior staffer up on the Hill who told me that there were a number of meetings going on behind closed doors between a number of Republican senators, you know, and the, the fear is that with the weight of history, with and as you and I understand very, very well, even most, quote, as you just said, you know, what's a loyal Republican senator, right? Because mm-hmm. the vast majority of these Republican senators either privately or publicly, can't stand President Trump for a lot of reasons. The main reason being, Lynn, they can't control him. They've never been able to control him. Right. They can't predict what he's going to do. And so because of that, does it make more sense for them to have someone who's part of the club, 
mm-hmm. become president and, and someone who's part of the club, who's a good guy, by the way, but is, is Vice President Mike Pence. But Mike Pence is part of the club. And again, how easy would it be for just you only need 20 of the 53 Republican senators to say, wait a minute, I think here's our historic opportunity to remove a president none of us like. And again, the conventional wisdom is the president's going to get acquitted in the Senate trial. It's going to be a slam dunk. But my whole point is, and the point of these two staffers that I was speaking with was, let's not assume that. And as I said in the piece, too, one of President Reagan's favorite lines was, okay, let's trust but verify here. So how do you verify? Because, I, I mean, I go back and forth, Douglas, on this. I, I, I look at uh, what really happened and what really went on with the Democrats in Ukraine and this whole thing with the press. It must be exposed. With that being said, I don't I'm not sure it will be exposed because I think people like uh, uh, possibly Lindsey Graham, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Turtle face. Uh, in the in the uh, Senate, yeah, McConnell. Thank you. Um, I, I I think these guys are are wouldn't they? They don't want things exposed either. They want to continue to play in the club, and they probably are dirty along the same lines as what the Repub- uh, what the Democrats have have uh, looked like they've been up to. And Donald Trump is a hand grenade, and he went off and he exposed a lot of this dirt and i'm not sure that uh there are people on both sides that want this to stop well i i agree with you in, in that sense too what i always tell people that are, that are fresh to the united states who don't understand the system i said amazingly if you watch the movie mr smith goes to washington yes. which was made 80 years ago and you look at the taylor machine and what's going on is he's controlling various members of the senate Basically, nothing has changed since the time that movie aired 80 years ago. And that's one of the things where Trump is coming in and he is the disruptor. What Nikki Haley, Governor Haley said, you know, one of the reasons so many people dislike him is he is a disruptor that can't be controlled. And so to your point, it's one of these things where who can you, in fact, trust? And and, and my point and the point of these stoppers is, well, don't trust anybody because ultimately there's a historic opportunity here for 20 Republican senators to change history, to invalidate the votes of 63 million Americans who voted for President Trump, and to join with basically, Glenn, the deep state and, and, and create this unofficial coup and remove a legitimately and constitutionally elected president of the United States. This really is chilling. Okay, so why do you think that this has a chance of happening? Because when, when they were talking about articles of impeachment— Look at the the numbers with the people. The people are not for it. The, you know, the Democrats are even having defectors. When they started this, they said, you know, we think we could probably get, you know, 10 or 20 Republicans on board. They, 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 they couldn't even get all Democrats on board for this. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, and that's the conventional wisdom, right? And again, the conventional wisdom says 99.9% chance, you know, the Senate's going to quit, everyone's going to be happy. And I do, I, I do suspect that may be the case, but the whole point here is I think the Trump White House is going into this with eyes sort of, if not fully closed, somewhat squinted in terms of what's going on in the Senate, what conversations are taking place, mm. you know, who can we double-check with, and, and, and what can we be doing that we're not doing right now to protect ourselves and to protect this president? 
And I'm a little bit surprised that there's at least no conversation emanating from the West Wing of the White House that publicly puts these guys on notice. You know, I think that would be a smart strategy. So, Douglas, what are the things you're watching for as a political consultant? What are the things that you're watching to see if this tide is going in or out? Well, I think one of the one of the things that, that people should be paying attention to are, are what conversations are taking place. Are any conversations, you know, and, and this is where you have to have sort of insiders that are leaking some of this information uh, and, and saying, are there conversations taking place between certain senators in the West Wing? Are there, certain, are there certain conversations taking place between certain staff members in the vice president's office? I mean, there's a lot of different things that are happening beneath the scenes. And it's one of these things where this is such a unique opportunity. And as we know, you know, before, you know, President Clinton was never going to get impeached. President Nixon resigned before he could go through this. But it's a totally different dynamic, Glenn, with Donald Trump, because he is a one-man band. Washington, D.C. has never seen anyone like him in its history. He basically got elected by himself. And so, for all those reasons, and to your point about this club being even whether it's Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell or others, he is a disruptor that they would, if, if, if it was a perfect world, as we both know, Glenn, and if they could just flip a switch and make him disappear, they would. They would do it tomorrow. Yeah, they would. Um, all right. Um, let me switch subjects with you because I know you have a new book and I didn't even, you know, you're not on to talk about it, but I wanted to talk about it. Um, you have a new book out, uh, The North Pole Project, In Search of the True Meaning of Christmas. Can you tell me about it? Sure, yeah. It's just people tend to be walking away from Christmas left and right, and people tend to be forgetting about just the Christmas spirit and what does it mean. And so the story is basically about a multi-billionaire who lost his way in life. He ended up getting, you know, the trophy wipes and all these things, and he's got $54 billion dollars. And, he, and all of a sudden, he's 50 years old, and he's totally lost in life. And he's sitting in his 35-room mansion by himself one day, contemplating doing the worst, when he gets a call from his minister brother in Texas, who says, what is wrong with you, Christian? You have to try to save yourself. And this, and this, 54, this, this 50-year-old billionaire, when he was a child with his brother living on an army base, he used to collect money to give presents to the other poor children on the army base. And his minister brother says, Christian, become that person again. Become Santa Claus all over again. And so this billionaire literally decides to recreate the North Pole and Santa's workshop on the North Pole. And and not only does he do that, Glenn, but he recruits people from all over the world as his quote-unquote elves, who they themselves are going through some of the worst that life has to offer. And they are sort of healed by joining this project. And together, these people change the lives for the better of over 500,000 orphans around the world. So is this, is, is this a story that can be read with your kids, but is kind of like Harry Potter can be read by an adult and enjoyed, but also a little older kids too? 100%. It's one of these things where people, we're getting emails now from people that are exactly doing that. Every night they're reading one chapter with their families mm-hmm. aloud because it's, it's, it really is sort of reinvigorating the Christmas spirit in all of them, and that's what makes me the proudest. And, and for me, I didn't take a dime for this book, by the way, Glenn, and everything goes to charity. That's great. Douglas McKinnon, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The name of the book is The North Pole Project, uh, and his uh, article, which I think is is um, possibly right on the mark, is a trap being set for Trump in the Senate trial, is available at The Hill. Thanks so much, Douglas McKinnon. Um, thank you, Glenn. You bet.
Uh, I will tell you that um, uh, we are get, we're getting to a point to where kids don't read books anymore. Uh, and even my son has slowed down on books. And my son was a faster reader than I am. I mean, he could finish a novel in a day and a half. Uh, he, he would race through books uh, and just loves to read. And has, you know, now that he's in school, has slowed down on his reading. And I hate it. I hate it. Um, I didn't like to read when I was a kid. Um, but you have to find the right book. And, you know, I didn't grow up in a family that was reading to us or anything else. And so I read the first book I ever read when I was, what, 18 and living on my own was Sherlock Holmes. And I read it just for fun. And it was the first book that I really read for fun. And I probably read it three times because I thought no book could be this good. And then I uh, started just reading all kinds of other things and loved it and reading is just tremendous if you find the right book and i i start to read a lot of books and don't finish a lot of books because it's like okay it's not worth not worth pursuing any more than this because i i like this but i don't love it and uh and i i just urge you to read to your kids and um get some books for christmas um I told you yesterday about this freedom series that you can get it at libraries of hope. Uh, I think it's libraries of hope.com or what, what was the address? Let me look it up. It was, uh, no, that's the old address. Anyway, they're, they're the freedom series. And if you just Google libraries of hope and freedom series, you'll be able to find the website that they're at, but they're great. And they're the old stories of, of America and our founding and our principles. And there's just a whole, there's lists and lists of great books that are all of the um, uh, original stories. You can find them at welleducatedheart.com, welleducatedheart.com. If you've never read any of my stories, you know what's weird, Stu, is Christmas sweater is catching on a second time, but like in Europe. I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing all these um posts from Poland and uh I don't think the Ukraine um and Hungary and all of these countries right behind that were right behind the iron curtain um it's like taking off again in hmm. in those languages which is strange and odd they used I to think. have a collection of all the different languages it was printed in yeah it was remember like that a- 20 different languages, yeah, I think. that's bizarre. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. the Christmas sweater, if you've never read the Christmas sweater, that is um, based on my childhood and uh, my experience. Uh, someday I want to rewrite it because I don't like the, the ending. I was, it was the first novel I read and, or I wrote. What? Every time you bring this book up, you have to talk about how you don't like the ending of your own book. Every single freaking time you bring up the Christmas sweater for the last 10 years, I don't like you it. talk about how you don't like the ending to the book. I, I, Everybody else does. I don't. It okay, was, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Uh, and uh, also, there's another uh, book out of mine that is uh, Christmas called The Snow Angel. Mm. I wrote that uh, for my sisters. If you know somebody who uh, struggles with their dad, it would be a uh, it might be a good Christmas present called The Snow Angel. Uh, and my favorite Christmas story that uh, I've written is. Um, 
the uh, what is it? Yeah, the immortal Nicholas. What is it? Because <laughs> I couldn't remember. I, I I knew it was the immortal, but then they made me change the title. Immortal Nicholas. So you don't like the title of that book, and you don't yeah. like the ending of the other one. Yeah, but I like Got the it. story of mm-hmm. uh, the immortal. The immortal Nicholas is uh, my attempt. I wrote it for my children, and it is my attempt to find a way to bring Christ back into Christmas and to uh, explain the origins of Santa. And so the main character is Agios, who is living at the time of the birth of Christ. And how does this guy uh, become the immortal Nicholas? Uh, and it takes all of the traditions of Christmas and explains all of them and makes everything Christ-centered. Uh, and it's, a gr- it's my favorite story. Uh, I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it for years, retelling the story to my kids over and over and over again and adjusting it uh, until we got it just right. And I, I, I love it. It's the immortal Nicholas, and it's great for your family, especially at Christmas time. But honestly, good anytime. All right. Somewhere out there, there's a guy shopping online for Christmas, but he's not doing it in the way that you and I would normally think. This guy is shopping trying to get your credit card information so he can do more shopping. Uh, shopping. He smiles around his thick cigar that he's chopping. Yes, I'm a monster, but now I'm a monster with a complete set of decorative dish towels and a Barry Manilow Greatest Hits CD. This kind of obscene monster exists and is waiting for you to go online with an unsecured Wi-Fi. And if you do, you're practically begging for that Barry Manilow CD to be put on your credit card. And that just can't happen. That's a hassle that you just don't need, especially around the holidays. What you want is good holiday shopping experience, and you need the protection that will evolve with you. A new Norton 360 membership provides the multiple layers of protection with a secure VPN to protect your privacy on public Wi-Fi and provide real-time security for your devices. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but new Norton 360 is a powerful ally for your cyber safety during the holidays and beyond. Give the gift of up to 50% off with an annual subscription on your first year at norton.com slash beck norton.com slash beck terms and conditions do apply we break for 10 seconds station id Are you uh, nervous about uh, the OK sign, like everyone else is in the country? Well, uh, no, not at all. In fact, I'm really hacked off. Is is the Navy that is? Uh, yeah, doing the Army the Navy, Navy game. The other. Stop mm-hmm. it! Stop it! It's ridiculous. And, and again, they all admit that this is not even real. It's not a white power symbol. It is only. It was used and created for this. Um, as a joke by like 4chan, the message board, who said, you know, we should screw with the media and make it seem like the OK sign is the white power symbol and eventually they'll believe it. They are. They know they're the victim of this. And yet they still continue to do it. And now we have a situation where, think about this, we've got two random cadets who gave the OK sign and are under investigation. 
where under investigation where people like you know elon omar will come out and 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 say blatantly anti-semitic things and no one seems to care you have uh rashida talib tweeting about uh about a situation where she's blaming murders on white supremacists when it finds out it's it, we wind out finding out that it's black israelites that were yeah. you know who, who had committed the murders we have by the way the black israelites were part of the uh uh the shout down on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. With Covington. Yeah. We talked mm-hmm. about them. We've talked about the black Israelites for a long time. They're a very bad group. You also have a guy running uh, for Congress in California who is wildly, wildly anti-Semitic and racist. And it doesn't seem like they ever have to... Like, has Rashida Tlaib doesn't even have to comment Don't on have it. To she just deletes the tweet and no one ever asks her about yep. it. I mean, think about the media for a second. I'm fascinated by this one. I keep coming back to it in my head. The idea that... This whole thing with James O'Keefe, where he has this uh, leaker from inside of, what was it, ABC? Mm-hmm. Um, and had all this these tapes came out. And then they called over to CBS, where the person supposedly now worked, got her fired. She's fired. She was not responsible for the leaks. They do this interview. Megan Kelly does an interview with, with the woman, who outlines the whole story. At no point is are any of the networks required to even comment on it. They don't have to come out and explain themselves. They don't have to say that they nope. are have a Me Too violation. They nope. victimized this poor woman who was working there and did nope. nothing wrong. Nope. They don't have to do anything. They never have to answer for anything. The right must have a credible news source. An Associated Press needs to be formed. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Omaha Stakes, I have some bad news for uh, Stu. Um... These steaks are the best, and they're on sale. That sounds and like good news for people who like steak. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does, but bad news for you. Why is it bad news for me? Well, no carrots. We don't have any carrots on sale They today. do have delicious desserts, though. Uh, part of those yes, package, they do. I believe. Omaha Steaks. Enter the promo code BECK and order the favorite gift package. Omaha Steaks, the best. This is the original uh, uh, steak company. I mean, they were the original butcher in America. And I don't know how they make their steaks so tender, but you can cut them with a fork. They're, they're, they're six-ounce bacon-wrapped fillets are the most tender steak in the world. The four savory premium pork chops, the four Omaha steak burgers, the four potato au gratin, made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, the Omaha steak signature seasoning packet. You get a six-piece cutlery set and a cutting board. All for $69.99. This is a great Christmas gift and a great deal. Go to omahasteaks.com. Go to the search bar. Type in my name, Beck, and it'll take you right to this special. omahasteaks.com. Search search bar, Beck. And for a great Christmas present, go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GLEN20OFF. You get 20 bucks off your annual subscription at blazetv.com now. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, looks like Mitch McConnell says it's not the Senate's job to get to guilty. Uh, the House wanted uh, evidence and witnesses. They should have found them, should have called them, should have found the uh, the evidence. 
we're not calling witnesses in the Senate. So there doesn't look like there's going to be a trial. Um, it looks like it's just going to be either a, an up or down vote to toss it out or acquit the president. They should acquit the president uh, if that's their choice of not calling any witnesses. They, they've got to vote to do that. Otherwise, you know, anything could happen and they could bring this back up again. So all these charges would go away if he was acquitted of it and you couldn't do it a second time. I mean, it's incredible. It does seem like it's what the White House prefers. Uh, at least, uh, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see if Trump comes up with an angry tweet about how he can't get his witnesses. Well, maybe we'll know the opposite. But uh, all indications are from both sides that they're working together on the plan here. And maybe Trump is just deciding, look, you know, we can go down this road, but I'd rather get it over with and move on with my life and and move into the election time and and, and not be focusing on impeachment, which I certainly understand. I just uh, it's frustrating because there's so much here to go into that the American people need to know about. And without, I think, the Senate trial, I don't think they ever will. I mean, you know, you'll you'll have some people who will know it from actually doing their own research, but I don't think as far as the, you know, large swath of the American public and voters are ever going to really know the truth of this thing. Which is uh, horrendous and puts us in a very difficult situation moving forward, in my opinion. Um, but it's interesting the game that Chuck Schumer was playing with, uh, with uh, Mitch McConnell because the House hasn't even voted yet. So they're going to vote tomorrow, which probably will end up being Thursday or at least Wednesday night. Um, and uh, they haven't voted. So why was Chuck Schumer pushing for certain people to be called? And now Mitch McConnell folds to that and says, we're not going to call anybody. Well, does that give the House an excuse not to pass the articles of impeachment? Does it give an out to some Democrats who will say, you know, they're not going to do anything in it with it anyway. Mitch McConnell just said they won't. So what's the point? That's probably what their argument will be. Right. I mean, they're going to probably say, hey, this is uh, this is just the Senate defending the president. Mm-hmm. Here's Mitch McConnell's quote. He said he was working with the president and they're just this is just a scam. Um, it does bail them out, I think, in some ways, in that they don't have to actually go through this process. But, you but know, they should. Okay, so let me let me bring you let me bring you to this. Um, there is, um, and this could all change. We should point out too. This is what they're reporting right now, but you know, who knows at this point? Let me let me just see, and I don't know if I can read um, all of this because it's quite long. But it's an apology letter to Richard Jewell. And it's from a, a member or former member of uh, CNN. And uh, he writes, Dear Richard, I owe you an apology. Writing an apology is not something journalists are used to doing. It took me years just to open a document and type those few words. But with the release of Richard Jewell, Clint Eastwood's new movie about the aftermath of the 96 bombing in Atlanta's Centennial Olympic Park, those of us who reported the story are doing a fresh round of soul-searching. No one emerged from the coverage with glory, although Jewell certainly deserved to. I'm one of the reasons he didn't. 
Jewel might not have been the first victim, might have been the first victim of the 24-hour cable news cycle. He went from hero to villain in less than three days. Jewel was working security in Centennial Olympic Park when he discovered a backpack containing a bomb and alerted law enforcement. The bomb exploded and soon so did his life after the FBI decided that he was the suspect and the media piled on. If Jewel was the first, it would only get worse. Cable news accelerated the pace, but social media made the rush to judgment instantaneous. As quick as machine trading on Wall Street, but without any circuit breakers. Think of that. And they're right. He might have been the first, but it has gotten much, much worse. Think of what the media has done in this whistleblower case. In this this whole thing about uh, Trump and Russia... It's turning out it's all lies, all lies. Uh, Our assignment desk said there had been an explosion during a concert at Centennial Park across the street from our offices at CNN. By the time I made it downstairs, it was clear from sources and witnesses that there had been a bomb. The blast killed one one woman, injured 111. A cameraman died of a heart attack as he rushed over to cover the explosion. These days, we would call it an IED. In more innocent days, the murder weapon was called a pipe bomb. During a news conference in those very early hours, someone from the Georgia State Patrol mentioned the security guard named Richard Jewell had spotted the backpack and alerted law enforcement. He seemed to be the hero of the story. It turned into a, I turned to my guest booker and asked her, track him down. By that evening, we had had our man. Less than 24 hours after the bombing, Jewell and his mother arrived at CNN. He was flustered. Traffic in the area had been heavy, and they had to rush the last several blocks. Newt Gingrich, then House Speaker, and Sam Nunn were also in the newsroom. Both wanted to shake his hand and thank, thank him for being a hero. Even before he sat down on the set, Jewel was distracted by the attention. The interview I had pushed for offset um, and set off the chains, uh, chain of events that led to what Jewel later described as 88 days of hell. A former employer of Jules, the president of a college, North Georgia, was watching and called the FBI. He wanted the Bureau to know that Jewel had worked for him and that he had been forced to resign. Agents in the FBI Behavioral Science Unit in Quantico were also paying attention. They wondered why Jewel looked uncomfortable and his eyes shifted around. He seemed suspicious. There may not have been there's something that Maxine Waters might say, I know, in my heart, I will always know he did it. There may not have been considered uh, that this was Jules' first TV interview and that it was being done remotely. He was hearing questions from an anchor in Washington through an earpiece. They were too busy thinking about Jimmy Wade Pearson, the guy during the Los Angeles Olympics in 84. Pearson was a police officer who claimed to have found a bomb on a bus carrying, uh, carrying luggage for Turkish athletes. Pearson later admitted planting the device so he could be the hero of his own story. Jewell had been a sheriff's deputy before working security at the college, and he had moved to Atlanta hoping to boost his career. His stint in law enforcement had not been without controversy. If you were an FBI profiler, you could make all of this look sinister, and they did. A colleague and I interviewed him again on the next night for a special report, and after he turned off the cameras, Jewell casually mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised, based on his training, if he was considered a suspect said that's just the way it worked. He implied until you found the culprit, everyone in proximity, especially the guy who discovered the bomb, was in the frame. 
the world's media already gathered in Atlanta, 20,000 of us by some counts. The FBI was under intense pressure to solve this case and solve it quickly. Agents were chasing down dozens of leads, trying to figure out who had been near the bench and who made the 911 call. The bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes, said the caller. The FBI called Jewell to the Atlanta field office on Tuesday afternoon, pretending they were making a training tape. He was the hero, so they wanted his help. No need to bring a lawyer. They were going to lead him in, lead him on, and spring their trap. As they were trying to trick him into a confession, Free called Atlanta and told the agents in the room to read Jewel his rights. The agents made the situation worse by pretending that giving him his Miranda rights was part of the training tape. Law enforcement sources were already telling journalists that Jewel was under investigation, even before he made it to the FBI for his interview. Several of us were meeting in the offices of CNN's president to discuss how we would report the news. Should we call him a suspect or the more cautious person of interest? That's when Johnson got a call from the editor of the Atlanta Journal saying the paper was about to put out a special edition naming Jewel as the bombing suspect. That's when things went off the rail. Instead of going with a more neutral language, language we favored, Johnson had the anchors on set hold up the front page of the journal and read the headlines. By the time Jewel's lawyer heard the news... He had managed to get through to the FBI switchboard to his client, and he told him, get out of the field office. The collective weight of law enforcement and the media had already begun turning Jewel from hero to a villain. Think of that. Mm. Think of that. This was 1996, the dawn of the Internet age, so the process took some time. Um, he goes on, later we did a story that same week showing that under the FBI's timeline of the body, of the bombing, Jewel couldn't have made the warning call to 9-11. By then, though, it didn't matter. The media was camped out in front of Jewel's apartment. Every time he went somewhere, he was followed by an absurd caravan of FBI agents and cameras. It was relentless, and it was wrong. Richard Jewell was not the Olympic Park bomber. Despite the innuendo and FBI leaks that he was their man, Jewell was never charged. Now think of this. Despite of the innuendo that is happening on the, in the media and the FBI leaks that he was their man, does any of this sound familiar? Even though he was never charged, he was still the suspect. Eventually, there were more bombings using similar devices outside a gay nightclub and an abortion clinic in Atlanta and Birmingham. Police officer was killed. A nurse was maimed. The real culprit was finally identified more than a year later. He was a Christian terrorist who hated the New World Order, abortion, and the Olympics. But as soon as Eric Robert Rudolph was named, he disappeared into the mountains. The happiest I ever saw, Richard Jewell, was April 13th, 2005, the day Rudolph pleaded guilty in federal court in Atlanta to the Olympics bombing. Jewell was smiling before the hearing, looking fit in the company of his wife. He had never gotten the proper recognition for his heroism after those first few days, but his lawyers negotiated settlements from NBC, CNN, the New York Post, Piedmont College, and uh, whose president had called the FBI. But he got nothing from the Journal-Constitution, which argued that its reporting, like ours, had been correct at the time, and that Jewell was a public figure thanks to interviews he had done for us at CNN, and therefore he for faced a tougher standard for suing for defamation. 
I didn't say sorry when I left Jewel that April day. We simply exchanged greetings. I saw him a year later at a training exercise for law, uh, local law officers. He was back on the job as a sheriff's deputy and friendly, even though he went cold when he saw an FBI agent in attendance. A couple of days later, I sat at the computer. I started my letter of apology. I got frustrated and hit save. A year after that, Jewel died. After months of failing health, my letter remained unfinished and unsent. So how do I make sense of all this three, uh, these years later when I have an Emmy on my shelf for my coverage in those first 24 hours? We in the media got it wrong. Even though our reporting was right, there's a paradox. Jewel wasn't the FBI's main suspect. Yes, the FBI has a lot to answer for, but this is about our responsibility. Suppose that CNN had been more nuanced and called Jewel a person of interest. Our repetitive and relentless coverage would still have made it look like the authorities thought he was the culprit. In my own reporting, I've learned to be more skeptical of sources, especially when they claim to speak for the government, especially at its highest levels. My stories these days don't go on air without relentless fact-checking, and my scripts have more footnotes than any term paper I did in college. But the lesson is, that isn't always enough. It's how you report it and how everyone else is reporting it, too. Someone else's guilty plea and several court settlements didn't give Jewel his good name back. Maybe the film finally will. And next time, I will own up to my responsibility. I will finish that letter. letter because it's never too late to apologize. Hmm. An open letter from a CNN staffer to Richard Jewell. I wonder if anyone at CNN is reading this, including the author, and seeing the similarities of what they've done with FBI sources telling them incorrect information and going after their guy because they know he's guilty. Survey out now about 2020 New Year's resolutions. Top two, reducing debt and spending less. I would not have guessed that. But to me, that is great. That is Americans saying I'm going to be fiscally responsible. Getting out of debt and spending less money. One big way. The only thing that I recommend if you're fiscally responsible. Uh, and one way to do this is to refinance your home mortgage. If that's the case for you, then you need American financing. In 10 minutes, their team of salary-based mortgage consultants will discuss mortgage refi options that can get you out of high-interest debt faster and add more money to your budget. You could literally be saving hundreds of dollars or more every single month. And that takes you about 10 minutes to figure that out. 10 minutes, a 10-minute phone call to American Financing. They don't apply pressure. There's no upfront fees. They're not working for the bank. They truly are working for you. And give them a call. 10 minutes is all it takes. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Listening to Glenn Beck.
There is a uh, there's a new focus group uh, report out on uh, voters um, that were taken in crucial Democratic uh, states and strongholds. And what they found is any swing voters who voted for Barack Obama and then Donald Trump, they may have been holding their nose then, but it appears as though they are firmly back in the Donald Trump camp. It's an amazing study, um, and they only studied those who had flipped from Obama to Trump. And the focus groups that happened just a year ago, they were saying they were tired of Donald Trump and his antics and everything else. Now it looks like they are going to vote for Donald Trump, and it doesn't look like anything's going to sway them. Uh, They hate the fact that the House Democrats are moving towards impeaching the president. Uh, They say it's a distraction from things that would actually help their lives. And they are pro-Trump now, firmly. If you're looking to fully protect your home with award-winning 24-7 home security, now is the time to do it. Time is running out on Simply Safe's biggest sale of the year. Simply Safe has everything that you need to protect your home and your family. Their smart lock, video doorbell pro, it defends your front door, but it's an army of sensors and cameras that guard every window, door, and room in your home. And if there is ever a break-in, Simply Safe is the only one that's able to give real-time video confirmation to police as it happens, so they respond three and a half times faster on average. It's no surprise that Simply Safe has won CNET and PC Magazine's Editor Choice Awards. With families traveling during the holiday season and leaving your home empty with the expensive gifts behind, Simply Safe. Now their holiday sale couldn't come at a better time. The sale ends December 31st, so go to simplysafebeck.com now and find out how much money you're going to save when you order today. Remember, the sale ends December 31st at simplysafebeck.com. Uh, I'm going to sell black market Nerf guns <laughs> to people in a, New York. Yeah, you could make a killing. Yeah, make no a killing on that. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's, do something. <laughs> or better yet, do nothing at all. These These politicians that think they know everything, just, uh, again, perfect for the holiday season, perfect for someone you know. Just shut up. The T-shirt that's available. All right, let me tell you about Rectech. Uh, Rectech is a fantastic grill, fantastic grill. Your food is going to taste so good, and it's so easy. Rectech will bring people together. There's nothing like cooking food, especially when it's really good food. This grill uses 100% real wood. Now, that gives you the great flavor, but it's really hard because you've got to keep it at the right temperature, the right flame. It's really hard, right? Not with Rectech. They have broken down this barrier. No more messy charcoal, no more flavorless propane. With the Rectech grill, you cook like a pro right out of the box, a game changer. It's built like a tank. It has smart technology and has brought grilling into the 21st century. This is the this is the archetype for grills. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-C, Rectech Grills, with an S, dot com. Go there now. Check it out. Don't make a $1,000 mistake. Get a Rectech Grill, RectechGrills.com.
The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. There's a new focus group out that shows that swing voters who voted for Barack Obama and then Donald Trump are firmly in Trump's camp now, and they're sick of the impeachment. A two-hour-plus conversation revealed major warning signs for the Democratic Party. It was the biggest takeaway that who voted those who voted for Obama in 2012 and Trump in 2016 are now firmly in this camp. They say the House Democrats moving towards impeachment of the president. They hate that. They call it a distraction from the issues that would actually improve their lives. Uh, They say they are, quote, wasting a lot of taxpayer money on a ghost chase. The money Nancy Pelosi is spending could go to help the homeless or help health care. Another participant said instead of working on policies and things that will help people, they're just working basically to preserve their own position. They don't care about you and me. At least I don't think this is getting back to normal, except who would have been able to see this coming? The normal that these people are returning to is the Democrats saying, shut up, shut up. Let Trump do his job. We'll talk about that. Also, the new Star Wars movie and uh, and porn wars in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So the X chair is something that my wife is going to get for Christmas because she asked for it. And there it is, honey. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy 20th anniversary. By the way, don't ever get married right around Christmas because it sucks. Because you always have to have two presents. And it's like, oh, what? Anyway, uh, X chair. X chair is a great, great chair. Uh, Stu doesn't mock me. This is the one thing Stu's not mocking me for because his wife tells him what to buy as well. Uh, and it's usually purses. And he can't use those. But I can use the X chair at home. I'm sorry, Stu. I did not. He gave me a dirty look. I'm sorry not to say that you wouldn't use those purses. Yeah, they're they're very nice, and they go with almost everything. With its dynamic variable lumbar support and ten different settings, the X chair is the best chair. It is the it's the high watermark of office chairs, and it's guaranteed satisfaction. You have zero risk. They have a thirty day money back, no questions asked guarantee. Most companies aren't the X chair, so most companies can't make that because people will be sending the chair back. This is the best chair you've ever sat in. The X chair, on sale now for $100 off. They have one for your budget, including financing. XChairBeck.com. That's XChairBeck.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. 1-844-4X-CHAIR or XChairBeck.com. Use the promo code BECK. All right, Stephen Kent is here. He is uh, with Young Voices and the host of Beltway Bantha's podcast, which is a fun podcast. Uh, and this week, the new Star Wars. Do we have a bit of the clip for the new Star Wars? Uh, this is the uh, this is the new Star Wars. It comes out Thursday. Stu has his tickets. Pat has his tickets. I don't have my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, it opens up, and this is this is the last, the rise of Skywalker. Listen. It's an instinct. if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Oh, how sweet. Um, I'm just getting so and so. I'm getting really dark on all the cute little things that George Lucas started. I just, I want them all to die. I'm, I'm for, I'm for baby Yoda, but uh, all the rest of the stuff that George Lucas did, I just want to die. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Stephen, uh, who's with us now, Stephen Kent. Hey, Stephen. Glenn, good morning. Do you have any, uh, any insight on what's going to happen? They're bringing Ray and Kylo together to create balance. Is this, is this going to be a preachy movie? Is what, what's happening? Well, Star Wars is always at its best when it's a little bit preachy. I mean, it's never not had a message since it began. But again, like what to expect? The movies supposedly ended in 1983, and then they ended again in 2015. And now here we are. They're ending supposedly again in 2019. We've been talking about this, you and I, since 2016. I got to say my anxiety is pretty high, and my expectations are just kind of all over the place. So do you th- how, who's directing this? This is J.J. Abrams again, who oh, took over The Force good. Awakens when it was rebooted. He did a good job. He did. He made people feel comfortable with this being a reboot of Star Wars or a continuation of that story. Um, I think it's a nice, safe pick that they did, and it's going to round it all down nicely. All right, so this is not one of them that it went through like three directors, right? J.J. Abrams <laughs> been on this the whole time. Uh, It was originally slated to be given to Colin Trevorrow, who directed the Jurassic Park sequels. Uh, And it was taken away from him for reasons that are kind of unclear, but they've uh, just written that off to creative differences, which means that he couldn't play ball with all the the high-budget expectations that came with that studio. Uh, um, And and this is Disney-owned, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Disney. They're going to take us across the finish line here and uh, try to make this all make sense, not just these three movies, but all nine of them. And you were asking about what to expect from this movie. I think the only thing that we have to go off of is the voice of Emperor Palpatine that shows up in these trailers. If you think about Star Wars and continuity, the only thing that stretches from episodes one all the way to nine is Senator, then Chancellor, then Emperor Palpatine and the actor Ian McDiarmid. 
So he's coming back for this final movie. And the big question is going to be, how the heck did that happen? Because he was blown to pieces in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh, I hope they do another thing where he floats through space like oh. Leia, because that really worked well, I thought. Steven, is that the worst thing you've ever seen? They had the actress dies. They have a way for her to die, and they bring her back? Uh, yeah, but would you have wanted Leia to die by yes. being sucked into a vortex yes. in space? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I would have. In fact, there's a there's a vortex, and I have several characters with a vortex with their name on it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was an odd choice, and I personally kind of fell out of my seat at that, uh, and I just always look away when that scene comes around in The Last Jedi because it's a little, little too much cheese. Okay, so uh, they're mixing the two... The dark force and the light, they're finding balance. Is that yeah, is that what we maybe. think this is going to be, where they're like, you know, yeah. not everything is bad? Well, when I first came onto the blaze and talked to Pat and Stu in 2016 about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, that's where I was at, that they were going to find a balance between the light side and the dark side and kind of do away with this holy war between the Jedi and the Sith. And then that came around to The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson basically snubbed that idea entirely and kept the status quo going. I think all indicators are still pointing towards a complete disruption of the Jedi-Sith conflict and the light and dark paradigm. And I think that's going to be pretty healthy for Star Wars going forward if we can sort of balance out the moral imperative of having a clear light and dark and good and evil. That's the mix that they have to get right here. So who is the Skywalker that's rising? My opinion of this is that the Skywalker is the Force user, so that the Skywalker is going to be sort of melded into a title for people who choose to walk in the ways of the Force, study the old ways, study the history, Luke Skywalker, Anakin, all those great heroes. I think they're going to do away with these sort of religious titles that come with the Jedi and the Sith, and they're going to be just a, a new class of warrior, like samurais, Skywalkers. Uh, that's my personal theory. The easier answer might just be that it's Kylo Ren because he's the only Skywalker currently living. He's currently fallen, and he could still stand back up and rise back to his family's legacy. Um, tell me that you were not blown out of your shoes, shocked, when you heard that Disney did not make any baby Yodas available for Christmas. <laughs> That was pretty stunning. It was really, really stunning. But, you know, it kind of cuts against a couple different narratives about Disney. Are they either after the money and chasing every single dollar they can get, or are they meticulous and protective of the brand? Um, it kind of threw a, a little bit of a wrench in everybody's opinions about Disney with that. I think that they have a new mouse with Baby Yoda. That thing is so cute. It's making me watch these the Mandalorian and actually continuing to give it a chance, even though the last few episodes I've been like, okay, come on, let's let's pick it up here. What, what, yeah. what, what's the story? Yeah, we're all we're all united and stand with Baby Yoda. It's uh, been something our own household has enjoyed, and it's it's pretty remarkable to see that actually happen uh, pretty organically, where this sort of cute creature is put into Star Wars to make everybody, you know, kind of be able to enjoy a kid-friendly series that is otherwise pretty violent. And it's being received incredibly well. I mean, I <laughs> don't think people, it, yeah. it is. It shows that George Lucas, the George Lucas impact or influence is gone because this is the character that he always tried to find and they have now found it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is true. I know uh, the first bungle 
of cute creatures was with the Ewoks and Return of the Jedi. And they were horrible. And when you think, yeah, when you think about the first uh, early divisions in fandom, fandom was always quite united around Star Wars. Four and five, that being the Empire Strikes Back, the first big rift was Return of the Jedi uh, and sort of the cute nature of the Ewoks and some of the narrative choices of that film. And we've been reliving that horror show of incredibly divisive Star Wars movies ever since. Uh, I have a couple theories about that myself. <laughs> do, you think, do you think maybe this is where the divide in America started? <laughs> the divide Jar-Jar, in America started Jar-Jar on Banks. Endor. Yeah, and on Endor. <laughs> uh, 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 are you going to uh, Are you going to the conference uh, this weekend for Turning Point? I am not. No. Oh, okay. Well, I was hoping to to see you there, but uh, I guess not. So well, I'm sure you'll riddance. do a bang up job. Oh, I, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. What's your? What, do you have a? Uh, have you done this thing that everyone is doing with the, ranking them in the you know all ten movies in order of preference? Steve. Yeah, you know, I feel like I've done it every two years, and at this point I'm, like, tired of throwing it up there. Uh, but Return of the Jedi has always been my number one since we actually wow. just discussed that. And then Revenge of the Sith, Sith Episode 3 mm. as my number two. Mm. Those are both incorrect, just to let you know. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never heard a correct answer mm. when it comes to Star Wars. And, you know, that's just kind of the fun generational nature of this saga every group uh, and cohort of generations have their own preferences when it comes to these movies because it is their star wars and that's kind of why we're all tearing each other's heads off perpetually with these movies um, it's a little bit beautiful it's also a little bit maddening so how do millennials stand on the first three yeah yeah episode one two and three yeah, Are, yeah. they do they feel the same way that, yeah, elder elder millennials kind of fall in with Gen X with a lot of skepticism about the prequels and heavy critique. What I've seen in the past couple of years has been an incredible, um, not revisionist history, but sort of a fighting back by millennials about enjoying the uh, the first three Star Wars movies because they were kids when they watched it. They didn't really have those blinders on about what is cheesy and what is bad acting. They just watched it, and it was Star Wars, and it was cool. Um, So I've actually seen a huge swing back in favor of the prequels and a lot of people readdressing those movies with a little bit more favorable light. And that's what's so funny, because apparently Star- uh, George Lucas destroyed everyone's childhoods with those movies. Oh, uh, I mean, and now we're, now Greta we're Thernburg doing is the, talking about George. Again. Greta, Greta Thunberg is talking about, to George Lucas when she said, you, you stole my childhood. <laughs> you That's stole what she, everything from me. Yeah, yeah, she's talking specifically about Phantom Menace. That's what she's talking <laughs> How about. How dare you? <laughs> Stephen Kent, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again. Stephen yeah, Kent, uh, spokesperson, Young Voices, and a host of Beltway Bantha's uh, podcast. All right, I want to talk to you uh, about uh, Rectech Grills. Rectech Grills are the best grill if you're looking for an outdoor grill and you're looking for something that's going to make your, your, your food taste good, you're going to be able to control the temperature. I mean, this is a grill that was made for grillers by grillers. Now, normally that would say, okay, Glenn, you're not really welcome here because it gets too fancy and I don't grill. I just grill to make the food taste good. And I'm sick of gas grills because... A, they never light right, For at least for me. They never light right. They never stay warm, especially uh, here in Texas. Um, you know, you'll start to rain or whatever. And Anyway, uh, the Rectech grill has uh, high-tech uh, sophistication to it to where 
um, you it is watching the temperature. You set it like you do your oven indoors. It smokes, it cooks, it grills, it does everything for you. Uh, all you have to do is just put the meat in there and set the temperature and walk away. It's really an amazing grill. It's top of the line. The nearest competitor um, is not built in the same way, doesn't have the same sophistication. The, you know, the 80 pounds of steel that makes this thing 80 pounds heavier than the nearest competitor, they can put all of that in there and make this thing just rock-solid tank-like because they're not paying the middleman like Home Depot. They're not paying him the money. They just put all that money into the grill to make it just blow the nearest competitor out of the water. Do your own homework, but make sure you check out RecTechGrills.com. It's great. RecTechGrills.com. We break down for 10 seconds. Station ID. So, Stu, did you see the um, the support for impeachment now uh, dropping by double digits and dropping really uh, for women? Yeah, I mean, I, polling I, I'd say is mixed on this. There is a one. Uh, there's a couple good polls for Trump that are out over the past couple of days. Uh, one in general election match, matchups, just kind of a weird poll from USA Today, which includes a third party candidate getting double digits. Um, but Trump is beating in those matchups every single Democrat. Um, so it's one thing that obviously the right is kind of excited about. The poll is strange, though, with a third party candidate who's unnamed getting 15 percent. I mean, I, like that's obviously not going to happen. I think we can all be clear that 15 percent of people are not voting for a third party candidate. That's that's not going to occur in this election. Um, uh, but don't you think that that is uh, people thinking maybe that somebody in the Democratic Party is, you know, going to pop in like a Michelle Obama or a Hillary Clinton or somebody? There's a strange belief, I think, with people that something's going to happen and they got to get somebody good and they're going to pop in at the convention. Which is hilarious because that is just shows how bad their field is. Right. right? They're all just like, this can't be it. Right. It's like a bad turn in like a star wars like you're like you know he's like hey jar jar binks was actually the lead jedi and you're like that can't be it though right like we're not gonna end the movie with jar jar as the that's the way people feel that's how they feel about this field so i keep thinking that either hillary or michelle obama or somebody else is going to come in as a sort of white knight to save everybody Uh, i don't think that's happening um but i really don't think a third party candidate at this point i mean the only one who would be even plausible would be someone like bloomberg who would say killed. he's going to go into the third party because they select Bernie Sanders or something. Uh, but I, I do not think that that's going to but happen. That will, that, that will just split the Democratic vote because people will vote. All the youth will vote for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, so I don't think that's – it's unlikely that you, you then have uh, the, the impeachment polls, which, you know, there's a, there's a Fox News poll that came out that was uh, – still has the president slightly underwater when it comes to impeachment um, this poll that you mentioned had a pretty big swing towards uh, the opposite, mm-hmm. showing that people are now opposing uh, impeachment and removal. I, I do think that's where it's going. You, you know, like for impeachment to happen and removal especially to happen, you need a president with a 20% approval rating. Yes. You need like a Nixon who has lost all of his allies, has been proven to be... 
And this is just a partisan situation here. Like, we're in a situation where you're going to get, they need 216, I believe, votes um, because of a few vacancies to get this over the hump in the House. Um, And they will get that, likely. I mean, they have 194 on board right now confirmed on the Democratic side. They have 11 that are undecided. Yeah, I went through them. Um, Some of them are not undecided. I mean, Steny Hoyer is not an undecided voter on impeachment. He's going Mm -hmm. to vote for it. Um, I I found three uh, House members who are in decently, you know, double-digit Trump districts, where Trump won by double digits, and they're undecided. I think those are three obvious targets. Uh, Then you have, I have another one, two, three, four, five of the 11 that are maybes, um, you know, including someone like Tulsi Gabbard, who is in a very big Clinton district. However, she just seems to be against the grain enough that maybe she would vote that way. Uh, you can find a, a couple of others, but to f- to pick off uh, what they would need to pick off, you know, 16 uh, Democrats or so doesn't seem likely. Uh, it's hard. I'm having trouble getting anywhere close to 16 when it comes to people who are in that area where they say, okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a uh, purple district, and I, w- I don't want to piss off my voters. There's not a ton of them. There's not enough to get to these numbers, uh, and, and obviously they wouldn't have called for this vote if they didn't think they had enough. You're listening to Glenn. The holidays are a season of giving, and you know, unless you're a cyber criminal, in which case the holidays are a season of taking. While you're focused on finding that perfect gift online, the cyber criminal is focused on finding ways to take what's yours while you do it. Connecting to unsecured Wi-Fi has become part of our daily lives, and cyber threats are constantly evolving. This is why you need multiple layers of protection. Those ever-changing threats to your connected devices and online privacy, they're not going to block themselves. What you need is Norton 360, a membership. It provides multiple layers of protection with a VPN and device security and a password manager. Those are just some of them. Norton Secure VPN. It lets you browse anonymously and securely with a no-log VPN and bank-grade encryption will help keep your information secret that you send and receive, like logins and passwords. It's secure and private. Just right now, go to Norton 360. Norton 360. It's Norton.com slash Beck. Norton.com slash Beck. Terms do apply. 50% off your annual subscription now. Norton.com slash Beck. If you enjoyed all the Ukraine specials we've done this year and you want more of them, please support The Blaze. You can get it for a great Christmas present. 20 bucks off with the code GLEN20OFF at BlazeTV.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we have Lauren Chen, the host of uh, Pseudo Intellectual, the podcast. Um, and you're, uh, Lauren, you're a uh, Canadian. Welcome to Texas. It's re- <laughs> the you. real America. You it's know. colder than I thought it would be here, though. Frankly, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was, yeah. I was hoping for some warmth. Well, Dallas is different. Dallas is, uh, you know, this is, I guess, the high elevations of, <laughs> of Texas. But, yeah. uh, uh, so it's a little bit uh, colder. And, it, and it, tomorrow it could be 90. <laughs> Uh, you just, probably, uh, you, I'm leaving tomorrow, so yeah. that would make so sense. So it probably will be exactly. 90. 
Um, so first of all, tell, tell me about the podcast, how the health is, uh, you know, of the numbers, et cetera, et cetera, because of YouTube. I know a lot of your stuff is on YouTube. You're a member of the blaze, mm-hmm. uh, TV. So you're part of our podcast family. Um, but, um, how, how are you affected by the purge and everything that's going on with Google and YouTube? So for the purge, there was this, I think last week, just this new set of rules and policies regarding harassment that was released. So far, as far as I know, they don't always tell you about these things, but we haven't had any videos taken down, which the same can't be said for other creators, but we, we've yeah. been okay for that so far. But for us, the biggest thing with YouTube and Google has just been this ongoing challenge of trying to get our videos out there previously with YouTube, if you uh, kind of tagged your videos properly, if people were interested, if engagement was good, YouTube's YouTube system would recommend you to potential viewers. Mm-hmm. They watch, they subscribe, your podcast grows like that. Or if you kind of can jump on the, a bandwagon topic that everyone's talking about, trending news, you can kind of grow your audience like that. Not anymore. That is not how that happens anymore, especially if you're in news commentary, especially if you're in conservative news commentary. So what we've been finding is that really the only way we're still able to be growing, which we are, thank goodness, is through our audience sharing our videos. People don't understand how important that is to share um, and not just like, but share. Right. Um, Because if you don't share, the algorithms are not they're not doing anything for me or for Lauren or anybody really uh, that is conservative, it's they're not sharing. I, I look at like Instagram. I'm found always by uh, zero numbers outside of my subscribers. Yeah. And it doesn't even make it all to the subscribers. Exactly. Even. No, and, and YouTube, I don't know if this is politically motivated or just their system is not good, but you, subscribers will actually get unsubscribed from your videos. Yes. My own mother has been uns- unsubscribed from my channel several times, so it's frustrating. Well, she's, and she's telling you that she didn't do it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm hoping she didn't. Um, but it's very, very frustrating. That's why some of our videos will actually tell people, please share our videos. Go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit, wherever you can, just to, you know, or email it to people even. We have, yeah. we can see where our traffic is coming from. For some videos, more people find us from being emailed the video from their friends than YouTube's actual system. Likewise, likewise. It's ridiculous. It, which is really bad. But there are some conservatives that, uh, you know, want to force uh youtube or google or whatever uh control them give you know give the government some oversight to it uh, we're now having conservatives talk about porn and that porn should be regulated by the government which is I- incomprehensible to me as a conservative well this is this is the debate that's been blowing up on social media i remember i think it was last week i just log on to Twitter, check my feed, and everyone's talking about porn. I'm like, well, okay, what's, I've clearly missed something. <laughs> something. Um, so how this conversation started off was Matt Walsh, who's with The Daily Wire, wrote an article talking about how there's, I guess, renewed interest trying to do something about children having access to pornography because I think there have been studies out the average age that a child first sees hardcore porn is, I think, 11 or something, like 11 years old, and it's really shocking. We're not just talking about maybe the... 70s no, era centerfolds where it was just nudity this yeah. is porn hard, real porn, hard real porn. my son found uh, saw his first porn i think when he was eight uh wow. and it really screwed him up i just mean just like it, of searching on the internet randomly yeah he and... was on somebody had handed him his phone or something and randomly this porn thing came up 
and mm-hmm. he went uh, to the babysitter because he could, didn't know what to yeah. do with mom and dad. And he went to the babysitter, and he was so upset and crying and just like, I, I don't, I don't know what this was. No, and it, that's not an ex- exception. This but, is very, yeah, very common, and you don't even need to be looking at it. With things like pop-ups, you could just be on what you think is a regular site, and then you get an ad yes. for something that's not so regular. Right. So with that in mind, I think everyone agrees children should not. That's not acceptable. Right. Um, they shouldn't be exposed to that. So people like Matt Walsh, who is somewhat more, you know, of the, I guess... Crusader. Let's get it done. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to say that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, your word's not mine. Um, so he's for just like, let's get rid of this. This is not doing he, any good for anybody. And his position was he wanted to ban it completely, right? Was yeah, it, well, he, that's insane. He says he wants to ban I, it completely, but if you read his article, he kind of first started with if there's a way that children can't do it, that's good, but he doesn't think it's possible. He doesn't think it's possible. There are other um, writers who have said, well, hang on, let's, and I, I'm kind of in the, I don't want to ban it, not because I think it's good, you should be looking at it, but it's like, okay, you're, if you're an adult and you're, that's your decision to make. Um, but with, when it comes to children, I do think we need to start having a conversation about what to do with this. In the UK, they've, uh, before, I guess they're a bit ahead of us, they were having conversations about do we need, government involvement in this they ended up having coming to a system where internet service providers actually have like a a filter that's on the default where you can still opt out of um i am not sure exactly how that works but it's sort of um it's an extra safeguard that's by the internet service providers not not parliament to protect or just to make sure people don't accidentally see things that they don't want to be. I, I just, and Matt's a smart guy. This is one of the thing, things I really like about this debate as far as, uh, you know, kind of in the conservative media is that there's actually really smart people on both sides that, that, uh, that I, you know, I, that, that there's like an interesting divide there. Like uh, so many with these issues, like you're talking about, well, uh, do, you, do you for impeachment or against impeachment? And like, you know, 99% of conservatives are against it. And, you know, mm-hmm. all the left, like that, that debate is somewhat boring to me. Like this is an interesting one because there's people that I find to be very interesting on a lot of different topics that go the opposite way on me, uh, uh, from me on this. I think, I think Ben Shapiro uh, kind of broke it down in, in kind of, are you a rights-based conservative or a common good conservative? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting way of thinking about it. Because there's a lot of common good conservatives, mm-hmm. and common good is no different than a progressive or a socialist. But even it's then, always common good. Well, I mean, there's definitely differences, I would say. Well, no, yeah. no, but as uh, far as you're just banning things or saying you know better than everyone else, uh, and so you'll you'll control things from a top-down government— that's yeah. that's a progressive mindset. Makes me nervous for yeah, sure. You don't yeah. you don't well, do that. I think that. there there are a lot of conservatives like Matt Walsh who are, and even Michael Knowles again with the Daily Wire who are saying we're not libertarians. We are yeah. conservatives. Mm-hmm. If we're like they don't have a problem with it, but what what I'm interested in this discussion for is the aspect of children. Because like I said, if you're an adult, you do you. I <laughs> would you know want to have a conversation with you if you were my friend or family member about the healthiness of that. But you should have the right to. But when it comes to children, I think you know we we don't allow children to go buy tobacco products. We don't allow children to go buy alcohol. We don't allow children to buy firearms. Right. Um, it is strange when when it comes to children. There's like this almost we're not okay with talking about it. It's it's just we've taken for granted that this is what is going to happen. Children will access this, and it's like well, hang on. Can we at least maybe discuss this? Is yeah. there something parents need to be doing more? Should we be? This, should this be a tech-based conversation? Mm-hmm. I just want, 
us to be addressing this more because before we started looking into it, I had no idea. And maybe this is because I'm, you know, a little bit older than some of the kids who are coming into this now. I was from the dial-up generation. Internet was not a given. Rena. It was kind right, of right. like, do you, do you need to call someone today because I would like to send an email <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different now. Um, right. There are studies that have been done that show that the I think it's the younger you are when you're first exposed to pornography, the more likely you are to slide into actual like deviant upset things like bestiality and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, people have called this a public health crisis. And for a lot of people who are maybe struggling with addiction, I don't think that's I don't think that's Look, there's an exaggeration. No, there is no doubt. Studies have been done on the brain to show that. A, when you're a kid, you you are not able to handle this. B, when you're an adult, pornography has the same um, properties as heroin does. It actually chemically affects your brain the same way heroin does. It becomes addictive and destructive. Now, not everybody, but, you know, for a good number of people, it does. That doesn't mean that, you know, heroin, uh, we do ban, but alcohol look how destructive that is in people's sure. lives but that's my choice to drink and destroy my life or not when it comes to kids there are technological ways if we were serious that we could give people the opt out to make sure that doesn't happen mm-hmm. it's clearly something we can do when it comes to conservative i'm a conservative but i'm a constitutionalist and i don't uh, take kindly to the limiting of any kind of speech, especially that kind of speech, which I abhor. Well, that's actually its own conversation because within the, the porn debate, there's also people asking, is porn even free speech, right? Does that count as freedom of expression the same way something like a, an unpopular opinion might count as freedom of expression? And a lot of people will say, of course, porn is free speech. But when you think about it, you know, you can go on the street corner and say whatever type of political views you want, mm. no matter how controversial. You can't go on the street corner and <laughs> right. play I... any kind of video you want. So there, sure. even with how our society functions, there is clearly we are putting porn in a different category. And then some people say, well, what about sexual art? How does that fit into free speech? And it's like, this is a conversation where I don't have all the answers. I don't even know myself. Where do we draw that line? Because there are obscenity laws yes, that but, have been ruled constitutional, yeah, right. and I don't know where that line is. Right, but that that is if it is out in public, and that's why solve this by giving people a way to keep that away from unsuspecting people. That's kind of You have to choose and go into it. No tricks you know, and but you can opt out, but you there's don't... no other form of speech where there's a public versus private definition, right? Because I, I have leftists tell me that all the time. Well, I didn't consent to hear your hate speech, and I'm like whatever, <laughs> it's freedom of expression. You don't need to consent to hear me. But I do agree with you when it comes to something like pornography. There should be two way consent involved for viewing. But again, this is an area where that we are treating porn different than other forms of speech. So I'm not saying people shouldn't be able to do it, but I think we do need to realize we've already put it in this other category and when that disturbs me i'm more hyper vigilant on it because i don't want any biting around the edges of any kind of speech or uh or or silencing of anything um in this society now because every step we take with an excuse it gets easier and easier to say, well, this is damaging, too, to hear Lauren Chen talk about these things, which were clearly not right. Uh, that's that's harming children. And I just 
I'm sorry, but I believe in the slippery slope. Lauren, thank you so much. That's Lauren Chen. You can find her uh, pseudo-intellectual podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can follow her also on Twitter at the Lauren Chen and also on blazetv.com. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. All right. Um, our sponsor this half hour is 23andMe. I want to tell you a little bit about something that we did uh, as a family, uh, and I, I thought it was great. 23andMe. Um, we, we didn't take it for the medical stuff. Actually, I think that's why my wife was like, you should, you should do that. But I really wanted to see the family tree and they have a, uh, uh, an easy to populate family tree. In fact, a lot of it populates for you. Once you send in your DNA, you send in your DNA and you'll be amazed how many people there are that could ask you for money. Uh, they're everywhere. There's all these people that could just say, I can come over to your house for Christmas. Uh, and so I opted out of that. Uh, and wanted to make sure that nobody knew that I was part of that family tree. Uh, but I could go in and look at those people who said, yeah, I, I'm part of the family tree and anybody can see it. It's the DNA kit from 23andMe.com. It, it, we've had weeks of really great conversations in our home, 23andme.com slash Beck. Right now it's 70 bucks. You can get it for Christmas if you order today. It's 23andme.com slash Beck. 23andme.com slash Beck. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, on tomorrow's program, uh, they're going to be debating uh, in the in the House uh, the the vote on impeachment, and uh, the House right now, the House committee is holding its last hearing before the vote, and then it goes to Congress or it goes to the Senate. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. You have you have to get to two hundred and sixteen. Uh, you have to get two hundred and sixteen votes basically for um, the Democrats. For the Democrats, so the Democrats, you basically have to pick off. A bunch here and i went through all the people who are undecided or no response yet to mm-hmm. an actual answer you've got three people who are in districts where trump won by 10 points or more three democrats those are very highly probable um, that you could pick those off and they would vote against the impeachment then you have and an- probably be allowed to by pelosi right, pelosi would probably let them go yeah um then you have another nine who are in districts where trump won from between zero to ten points mm-hmm. so you're in really swing districts but trump actually won them another four that are in districts where trump lost but it was close between zero and ten so that gets you to 16 um right there then you have um another three that were in 10 to 20 point range which were you know relatively close yeah. but still clinton won it's gonna be difficult i would say to get there i can't imagine nancy pelosi would have called for this vote and gone down this road if she didn't think she had the votes i think what you'll see is high single digits of defections from the democrats you know eight or nine in that general vicinity Mm -hmm. Um, because you'll you know some people are going to want to protect their districts and and say that they voted against the impeachment to try to get reelected. and and pelosi is all she cares about let's be honest about she doesn't care about any of this stuff all she cares about are the votes all she cares about is power and she plays these games uh, really only looking through the prism she wanted 
Trump out of there, obviously, on day one, but she didn't support impeachment for a very long time until she thought, for some reason, this was going to give her an advantage. I think what the polls are showing now, though, is it's not an advantage. It's not worked. Uh, You've not convinced the American people. uh, And I think you're going to start seeing negative repercussions from this. And I think that's the theory in getting this Senate thing over with. Don't screw up a good thing. I don't necessarily agree with that idea from the Republicans, but because I would like to see these facts come out and have the American people look at them. But I think that's their their calculus here. It's like, we've got a good thing. We've won this already. Don't screw it up. I think so, too. I don't think that they're actually going to call anybody. I think they're going to acquit the president just by a simple vote based on what McConnell said today uh, about how they're not going to call any witnesses. You're listening 